And then we're going to have the praise and worship team and go out with a shout. Come on. How about that? Amen. Amen. So, hey, hey, let's give the worship team a praise this morning. Okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready. Turn to your other neighbor and say, get ready. All right. Now, listen, I want you to grab your Bibles and turn with me. Just open it up and we'll start wherever you come to. Yell out where you're going to be at and we're going to do that. How many of you know it's a new day? It's a new time, and it's a new era. So, you know, if we're entering into a new era, there's some things that the Lord has really been stirring in with me. If you will, turn with me to Exodus. We're going to start out at Exodus chapter 1. And then you guys can be seated, because how many of you know that the Word of God is going to go forth and it's going to do what it's planned and purposed to do today? So I don't know about you, but in my spirit, there is just such a sense of excitement in what God's going to do today. So listen, look around because you guys are the ones that are going to get something special this morning. You guys are here for such a time as this. But I want to first start talking about freedom. Now, I'm going to need your help this morning. Okay, we've changed the time. We've changed the time we're meeting uh, uh, this morning because you had to move your clock ahead one hour, right? And you're like, oh, I lost an hour of sleep or I I, I woke up this morning and I thought, man, I actually got up like an hour later because, you know, I thought it, it was, you know, I was normally my body's on a certain time. And it, and it operates that way. And when I woke up, I said, well, I better get moving. I better get something going on. But we are going to talk a little bit about freedom. Say freedom. I am, you know, we're, if we're in this new era, I am experimenting with this, uh, this iPad thing that, that I love my Bible. I love my book. Amen. But I also like my electronic device. So if you've got your electronic device... Go ahead and get it out, and let's take a look at it. If you've got a Bible, if you've got the Bible, get your Bible on your electronic device. And I want to talk a little bit about a few things this morning, and then we're going to get to a place where we can celebrate the Lord. So I'm waiting on my message to download, actually, onto my iPad now. But I want to talk a little bit about freedom. Say freedom. You know, we are in a country, the United States of America, that says it's the land of the, it's the land of the free. But are are we truly free? Are we really experiencing the freedom in which Christ had died for us to experience? So we come into church this morning and we have the freedom to change the worship service. Hello? We have the freedom to make some adjustments in our lives. We have the freedom to be able to enter into a new era. So before I get started this morning, I want to remind you, if you haven't got your one word for this year, get your one word, fill it out, leave it on the tables over here. We're going to put it on the one word wall. We've got a one word wall back there. Then, And also, the other thing is I want to direct your attention is to our new era, our doorway right? Many of you had the opportunity to walk into that doorway of a new era. You began to step into a new place. You began to step into a new time. You know, and some people are like, well, I don't know. I just walked through the door. 
Well, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Amen. When I walked through that door, I was expecting something to happen, something to change, something to shift in my life. And I'm here to tell you, it's happened to me. You know, when you say, well, you know, walking through the door didn't do that. But no, it's the faith that's attached to walking through the doorway. Come on. That's going to bring us to a new place in here. Come on. Can I get you guys to be active for the Lord? I need a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Okay, I was just kind of stalling just to get to the point where my my uh, my my download would take place and and I'm actually on my notes. But I want to talk with about freedom because I'm really serious about a new era. And in fact, everywhere we're turning, every place that we are listening to, all of a sudden I'm reading articles and I'm hearing about it's a new era, it's a new era, it's a new era. And the word era, we know in the Webster's Dictionary talks about a new stage of development. It's a new time. It's a new place. We are in a new stage of development. How many of you know we need to develop some things, right? You know, Shelly and I always talked about, Shelly said, you know, I loved living in this time. I wasn't made to live back in the uh, 17 and 1800s where they didn't have air conditioning and they didn't have electricity and they didn't have, you know, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that because you weren't born for such a time as that. You were born for such a time as this. Hey, can I get an amen on the air conditioning <laughs> and the lights and all the, the things that have developed? Things that have developed in order to make our life better. And sometimes, does it make our life better or does it make our life more confusing? I'm telling you, my life is a whole lot better because some of the new technology that is out there. And I am grateful for that. But the Bible says that Jesus came to set the captives free. So obviously he must have known that we were captive, captive in different ways and captive in different ideas and captive with our thoughts and even physical captivity that we can go through. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Exodus and, and we're going to talk about the Israelites because the Israelites had been held in captivity. They were captive, Mike. They were held captive. They were captive for 430 years. And how many of you know that's a long time? Turn to your neighbor and say, that's a long time. That is a long time to be captive. It's a long time to be held. So in the very beginning, we're going to start off at Genesis. And Genesis was in the very beginning. And there was the creation. And God created the heavens and the earth. And the, the, the earth was formless and, 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 and void. And, 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 and Jesus was there. The Word was there. So you see the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in the very beginning. And then we see the fall where the fall of mankind, the fall in the garden took place. Then we see the flood. Then we see the judgment, the judgment that took place at the Tower of Babel. Then we see where all of a sudden we get to the place of Abraham. Say Abraham. We get to Abraham. And what about Abraham's uh, son, Isaac? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So we begin to start seeing that time. And then all of a sudden, Jacob has Joseph. And Joseph, that brings us to the place of Exodus. So I just wanted to get you through Genesis and come to that place where now we're going to talk a little bit about Joseph. Um, Exodus chapter 1. I want to read through verses 8 through 14. Exodus chapter 1, 8 through 14. Because I want to look at uh, some things today. Do you love this Bible app? Uh, no. 
because it comes up at the time that I don't need it to come up. Exodus chapter 1, verse 8. Now think about this, right? We got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob, was his name was changed to Israel. We are Israel grafted in the, the Jews and the Gentile. We become one new man. Then he has Joseph. And remember, how many of you know Joseph's probably famous for what? A coat of many colors. I told Shelly, I said, wait till the people get my red blazer. When do I, I'm going to get me a blue blazer. I'm thinking about a green blazer. I'm thinking about, and, and, and she was like, I don't know about all that. Now, that's, I said, I don't know. But then I would be known as the guy with all the different multicolored blazers. I'm just kidding. That's, uh, that's probably not where I'm going to spend my money. Can I get an amen on my blazer? But I just decided to wear my coat this morning. I'm, so I'm going old school on some of y'all, if you, if you, if you know what that means. Jo- Joseph, uh, excuse me, Exodus chapter 1, it says, talks about Joseph. Joseph was in Egypt. He became a ruler. He saved the nation of Israel. Are you with me? All this took place, and we come into Exodus, and it says, verse 8. Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, Behold, the people of the sons of Israel are more mightier than we. Come, let us deal wisely with them, or else they will multiply in the event of war, and they will also join themselves to those who hate us and fight against us, and depart from the land. So you can look at me just a moment. So you can begin to see that there was a Pharaoh that did not know Joseph, obviously didn't know about his power. Obviously, there was a time where things had shifted and the nation of Israel was not as predominant in Egypt as it was before because Israel continued to grow and they continued to expand on the face of the earth. So as we begin to see what the word of God says, this king didn't know Joseph. So he didn't know anything of what was going on in the past in the past history. And he said, I'm looking at these Israelites and these Israelites are getting larger and they're getting larger. So large to the point that what happens if they join with the Philistines or the Amorites or another nation that we're in war with, that if they join with them, they're going to become great. They're going to become mighty. They're going to become uh, influential. Come on. That the king at that time in Egypt be- continued to look on them and said, we, we got to be careful of them. So he goes on and he says, um, let me see, verse 10. Let us uh, behold the people, sons of Israel, mighty they Verse 10. Come, let us deal wisely with them or else they will multiply in the event of war. They will also join themselves to those who hate us and fight against us and depart from the land. God bless you. So they appointed taskmasters over them to afflict them with hard labor. And they built for Pharaoh storage cities, um, Pithom, Ramesses. But the more that they were afflicted, the more they multiplied and the more they spread out so that they were in dread of the sons of Israel. Look at me. I'm telling you, the more the church is persecuted, the more it's going to grow. There's a biblical principle right here in the Word of God that the more the Israelites, which the church of that day, that time, the more the Israelites were persecuted, 
the more they grew. Isn't that what the Bible said? It says the more that they grew, they multiplied, and the more they spread out, and they were in dread of the sons of Israel. Verse 13, the Egyptians compelled the sons of Israel to labor rigorously, and they made their lives bitter with hard labor and mortar and bricks and all kinds of labor in the field and all their labors which were rigorously opposed on them. And we know that some of you know by reading the word, if you don't know, please go back and and reread it. But they took away the straw. They took away that what it was easy to be able to make bricks. They took those things away and they made it harder for them to make their quota of the bricks that they were to make. And and they made it more difficult on them as part of what took place as as you read on. Verse 14, it says, And they made their lives bitter and hard labor and mortar and bricks and all kinds of labors in the field and all of their labors which was rigorously opposed on them. So we know we can continue to go fast forward from there. We know that that we're going to look at the Israelites and their freedom. So we know that in chapter 2 in Exodus, it talks about Moses. Everybody say Moses. It talked about when he was born, and all of a sudden he was put into the Nile. Some of you remember the stories when you were in children's church, or, or maybe maybe you don't know. Maybe you're just a new believer, uh, and you've come today, or maybe you aren't even a believer at all, and you've come today, and you're hearing this for the first time. What happened with Moses, a lot of people that don't know anything about the Bible have never been brought up in church or even been <clears throat> exposed to anything. Most of them know, know, know Moses it's amazing how many of them know Moses, and they may not even know Jesus, but they'll know, they'll know Moses. Moses was put into the Nile as a baby because they were, there was a decree that they were going to kill all the babies of the Israelites. Come on. And then they put Moses in there, and they, they put him in this little basket, and they put him in the Nile River. And Moses turns around and gets, gets taken by Pharaoh's daughter. Remember that? And the, the cool thing is, he, she got, he got taken by Pharaoh's daughter, and it was a way that actually Moses' sister went over to Pharaoh's daughter and said, do you want me to get somebody to nurse the baby? And it was actually Moses' mama. So her sis, his sister got Moses' mama, and Moses' mama came over and nursed Moses. Come on, somebody. I'm here to tell you, God has got a way in the midst of situations and circumstances to be able to bring out the best that he can possibly bring out. Somebody needs to say hallelujah. So, so we begin to see this. It's really cool to watch God hook it up. It's really cool to watch God connect some things. It's really cool how that began to happen. Now, we know about Moses a little bit, and we know that he grew up in Pharaoh's house. Remember? So he was taught of a king. He was taught of royalty. He was taught of all those things. Then he sees an Israelite and an Egyptian fighting, right? And he goes out, and he ends up killing the Egyptian, buries him, the Bible says. He buries him in the sand. And then the next day, the Israelites are having a little discussion, a little uh disagreement and Moses goes out to talk to him and one of the Israelites is like what you're going to kill me like you did that Egyptian yesterday and hid and Moses was like "Uh uh-oh I think they found out that 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 I actually killed that Egyptian and guess what happens Pharaoh finds out about it and Pharaoh 
just probably like Pharaoh should be. He was mad at Moses. In fact, the Bible said that he pursued him, that he was really wanting to kill Moses. And Moses got out of Dodge. Can we say that in this area? Got out of Dodge. When I lived in North Carolina, I I really didn't understand the history as much with Dodge City as... As I do when we move out here and we get that history of Dodge City. And then, you know, it's like, okay, now I know a little bit of the get out of Dodge. Now I know what that that statement means when we get out of Dodge. Amen? So, you know, those of you young people, you guys can Google that and see where that phrase came from. And you'll be able to find out later. Not now. Don't Google it now. You, you, you can do that later. So we begin to see where he kills the, the Egyptian and then Pharaoh pursues him. And Moses gets out of Dodge, right? He takes off. It brings us up to the place where all of a sudden Moses is, is um, he's, he's working for Jethro. Turn with me to uh, chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3. And I just want to read verses 1 through 9. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Those of you that came in a little bit late and are wondering, where is praise and worship? And praise and worship is going to be back in just a little bit. Amen. We're just going to not do church as normal. We're going to change church up. We're going to, I just figured that, you know, whatever God wants, we're going to do it. And, uh, and this morning we're just going to step in to do this. And you guys are going to begin to receive something this morning. Are you ready to receive something? Amen. So we've been talking a little bit about freedom. We talked a little bit about what happened in the beginning, and we got to Joseph. We got a king that didn't know Joseph. He's taken the Israelites captive. They were in captivity for 430 years. Um, we begin to look at Moses, what he has done. He was uh, put in the Nile. He, he was raised in Pharaoh's family. He was uh, an, an Israelite living as an Egyptian. Oh, that a preach. Sometimes we're children of the Most High God, and we're not living in the destiny and the purpose in which we're designed to live. Moses was an Israelite living as an Egyptian. Think about that a moment. Are you living the destiny that God's designed for you to live? Are you operating and living in the purpose that God's designed for you to live? Selah. That's a Hebrew word for just kind of think and meditate on that a moment. Pause and think about it. So we begin to see he leaves and he gets... Um, on the backside of the wilderness, they, they said, and it, he sees this burning bush. I, um, Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Just follow along with me. Now Moses was pastoring the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness where he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, and yet the bush was not consumed. Man, I, you know, I just don't like to just read over something because I think, what would that happen if it was you? I mean, nowadays, with the fire and the issues that we've had, you saw something burning, you'd be calling 911. I hope you would. You need to be. 
You'd be going, I don't know, fire department. I see something burning. It's something burning. It's, it's something burning. Of course, you know, Moses didn't whip out his cell phone or get on Facebook and let people know what was going on, right? You know, but he began to look at it. And I wonder how peculiar that must have looked to Moses. And it didn't burn up. You know, I'm wondering, you know, you can go through all the things of your thinking. How did Moses deal with that? What did he look at that? And, and it said, he said that he looked and the bush was on fire, but yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, this is verse 3, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight. So obviously he knew it looked pretty miraculous. Something's going on. Hmm, not a whole lot of action back here tending the sheep, but that bush is burning. I'd be, I'd be wiping my eyes. Really? Is that what? It, it, what it, that's really strange. He said it was a marvelous sight. And he said the bush did not burn up. And then the Lord saw that he turned aside to look. God called to him in the midst of the bush and said, Moses. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not come near here, but remove your sandals from your feet. For the place which you are standing is holy ground. In verse 6, he said also, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, For I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmaster. For I'm aware of their sufferings. So I've come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and spacious land and to a land flowing with milk and honey. Do we have any milk drinkers in the house? Just let me see. Just there's one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, ten, twenty, thirty. You know, there's how about honey? Anybody like honey? Man, you know, I like honey. When I was when I was in in high school, I I used to wrestle in high school, and they used to have to watch my weight. And and before a match, we would once we weighed in, then I would I would I'm taking spoonfuls of honey because it was instant sugar. It was easily processed in my body, and it gave me a a rush. <laughs> How many of y'all know that if you haven't eaten for three days <laughs> and you're fixing to be in an athletic event, you need to get some sugar rush going on. So I would, kids, don't do this. I'm just, just, <laughs> don't, don't do this. <laughs> don't, please don't do this. So I would, I would, that's what I would do. I would eat, I would eat honey, you know, and, you know, I even eat honey nowadays, you know, <laughs> we go to a restaurant and I like to squeeze it out of the pack and just suck the honey out of it. I don't know. That's just me. That wouldn't be you, right? There was a, ma a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, if you like milk, that's great. And if some of you guys that don't like milk, you're like, ooh, I don't, I, it needs to be flowing with something else. It wasn't just the milk and honey that was flowing with. How many of you know there were bountiful fruits? There were bountiful vegetables. There was a green, lush land. There was a land with all sorts of things that you could live and prosper. A land, I believe, the Beulah land, the beauty land. Everything that was magnificent and marvelous of it. All this that was there. They, they, he said there was a land flowing. And he said, verse 
8, he says, uh, let's see if I'm aware of you. I'm aware of your sufferings. I've come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up to the land, to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite, Hittite, Amorite, Perizzite, Hivite, and Jezebite. But now behold, the cry the sons of Israel has come to me. In other words, God heard their crying out. Because of the ten plagues that took place, because of the hard labor they were on, because of the taskmaster that Pharaoh was, I'm here to tell you the situation that you are going through today, God is hearing your situation. Come on, somebody. The difficult things, the hard things that you're going through, the things that you don't know what to do, how to parent, how not to parent, what to do, whether to stand, not to stand, whether to love, whether to forgive, whether to forget, whatever those things. I'm telling you, those things that you are going through, we have a God that is hearing you, and he heard the cries of Israel. I believe we heard a God that heard the cries of the United States of America and said there's oppression. There is all these things that's beginning to take place, that's continuing to take place, and he moved. Somebody's got to give this God some praise this morning. He finishes up in verse 9, and he says, he says, Behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. So I want to talk a little bit about three levels of freedom. Those of you that are taking notes, three levels of freedom. See, because Jesus came to set us free, to set the captives free. There's, and, and we can talk about freedom. Come on. How many of you know we'll talk about word free? We're free. We're free. We're free. Whoo! Those that sunsets free is free indeed. And then we walk out in bondage. Sometimes the, the church itself is the one that holds us in bondage. Come on, somebody. Paul said it this way. He said, I, can, I have the freedom to do whatever I want to do. But he said, some of the things that I do are not good for me. So as we move out of the law and into God's grace, as we move from the, from the very beginning, the, the before the law with Abraham into the law, and then we move out of the law into God's grace in Jesus Christ and who he has set free, are we really free? And are you really free this morning? You have the freedom in the United States right now, praise God, that you can come and you can worship openly. There's other countries where us gathering today would have to be an underground event. But I'm here to tell you those things are changing because more and more and more people are coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. We were in a meeting recently, and they were talking about 20,000 people a day. In India, there was even like 40,000 people a day coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you know there shall be no end to the increase of his government? Can I get an amen? amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready. Tell your neighbor, say, you're going to get free. Well, you know, I'm free of a few things. There's a few things that I don't know if I want to be free of. Just like the Israelites. They, things, got, things got difficult in the wilderness, and they wanted to go back to Egypt. Oh, come on, somebody. So anyways, the first thing that I want to give you today is that if we're going to experience a level of freedom, I'm going to use Israel as an example, but I want you to relate it to your life. First of all, you've got to get deliverance from Egypt. 
Egypt was a place of bondage they were in for 430 years. That's what we call generational bondage. Hello? There were people in Egypt that were in bondage, but they were in bondage because that great-grandmother was the one that was, was alive at the time when they brought them into bondage, and they were born in, Israel, in Egypt, and that's all they knew. So there was generations that were in Egypt that that's all they knew, that their life was to be like, and that life was to be in bondage, to be working 12, 14 hours a day, laboring for the Egyptians to build things for somebody else, cities that other people inhabited. Come on, somebody, that their labor, that they did this. So we've got to understand to be able to get deliverance out of that. See, in Exodus 14, it says they may have come out of Egypt. And if you continue to read, but once they came out, once the Israelite came, came out of Egypt, was that it? Was that the end of it? Guess why? Because Pharaoh pursued. And you may come out of something and that thing still pursues you. Oh, come on. Pastor, I had a tremendous amount of pain in my life, and I really feel like that 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 I, that I'm finally getting over it. And then an anniversary date can come, or somebody can mention a, that name or that situation, and all of a sudden that thing pursues you. Oh, come on, somebody! It pursues you, and all of a sudden, as it's pursuing you, you're thinking, "I thought I got set free of this thing. I thought this thing was behind me." And I keep glancing over my shoulder, and there it is, or it tries to come upon me. It's trying to take. It's trying to bring fear, and the very fear says the very thing that you fear can come upon you. Sometimes we give that scripture more power than we give the scripture that says He is delivered us and we do not have a spirit of fear but a power love and a sound mind so they came out of egypt and pharaoh pursued them right and we know about the time where the the waters had come and 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 the amazing thing that as i was meditating on that this week is that the bible says that the angel of the lord was before them when they came out of egypt and as Pharaoh was pursuing them, the angel of the Lord went behind them. See, we as a people, as we are being delivered, as we are coming out of the old season into a new era, come on somebody. As we are beginning to step into that place, you got to know that the Lord will be your rear guard. You got to know that God, I am, I am, I'm, I'm getting out of this bondage. I'm getting out of this place. This place is not good for me. And I'm heading out. And as I'm heading out, God, you're going to lead me. You're going to guide me. You're going to, you're going to deliver me. You're going to bring me through that that angel of the Lord will also circle back and he'll keep the enemy off the backside of you. And he'll say, no, you know what? I'm moving the cloud by day, the, the fire at night, come on, and, and, and then this is going to begin to take place, and the Israelites, the water can begin to stand up, and all of a sudden, the wind blow. This didn't happen in uh, 1.3 seconds. There was a time frame that the Bible doesn't really state how long it took, but it took, how many of you know, when the ground is wet and it needs to be dry in the natural, the wind has to blow, come on, to dry the ground. 
But the Lord, the angel of the Lord will come and he'll come and take up his position in the rear. So when that thing that you very rarely, that you got delivered out of, now the Israelites are beginning to walk out into something. They're walking out of the bondage into, come on, and I'm going to use this terminology, a new era, a new time, a new place of development. In order for us to really operate in a level of freedom and to be free indeed, we have got to get deliverance from Egypt. What can Egypt represent in your life? Can it be old thought mindsets? Evil's a good one. Can it be old thought mindsets or, or uh, um, ideas and things that have held you back? Can it be religious traditions or can it be those things that may be able to you saying, you know what, I've just, I've, I've done this. I've heard somebody say, well, I've done this religiously and it had nothing to do with the Bible. So we're not talking about religion as from the Bible. We're talking about we are a, we are a church that is relationship-based on our relationship of Jesus Christ and not on a religion of Christianity. Come on, somebody. We are based on a, on a relationship with Jesus Christ and a follower and believer of the way and, and just do what Jesus has done. Come on, can I get an amen here? So it's not about what you do or what you don't. It's what you receive from the Lord Jesus Christ. And the more we're able to receive, the more we're able to step out of Egypt. Oh, come on, somebody. This is a word for somebody this morning that has been struggling, and they're like, I don't know if I should go out or I should stay in. Do I need to go out or do I stay in? And you're vacillating. You're, you're wavering between two opinions. Is it the Lord's opinion or is it somebody else's opinion? See, we framework our lives. We put a frame on our lives, and you got people putting a frame on your life about church, and they don't even go to church. Isn't it amazing how in the natural you got people framing you about the Bible, and they've only read one scripture? They don't know the Bible, but they're telling you what you should be and shouldn't be doing, and they have no idea what the Bible's about and God's love and His mercy and His grace. They have no idea, and they're trying to frame that for you. Come on, somebody. Maybe that's the Egypt. It's a framework of... of, of, of of, of hard labor and taskmasters and, and, and not being able to, to have the freedom to make a choice. Everything that is done for you is done in Egypt. And it can be, you know, you, people can be free, can be in jail and, and be free. And some people can be imprisoned and not be free. And they can not be imprisoned and still be in jail. Still be in prison, but yet they're free to walk around. I'm preaching better than y'all amen in this morning. Because we've got to understand that we've got to get just like Israel. It's a picture. Now they're coming out. Now they're coming out, and the angel of the Lord is before him, and the angel of the Lord comes back behind him, and it's 430 years of bondage. Come on, how long does it take for you to get over 430 years of bondage? It's not going to happen in two days because your mindset is that think about if you were 
imprisoned for 430 years and generation and generation and generation and generation. And it was just like, you know, we're, we're, we're impoverished. And it's the old song. It's a family tradition. We can't break out. We're trying to break out. And then you got some people that are saying, you know what? None of my family's been to college and they've never been to college. And oh, there's sister so-and-so and she finally broke out and got a, un- a degree from a university. Are you with me? Because she's coming out of Egypt. I don't know what that Egypt is for you in your life. But if you're going to be free and truly free, to seek the Lord in a new way, in this new era, in this new time, in this new place, in this new direction. If we're under a place of development in that new era, then we've got to be delivered from Egypt. Can I get an amen for that? Hallelujah. All right. Number one is you've got to get deliverance from Egypt. Number two, as you can see what the Israelites ended up having to do, is they had to Learn the ways of God in the wilderness. Learn the ways of God in the wilderness. And I preached so much, my little screen went off. I know my wife can fix that. She's amazing. So here's the Israelites, right? They've come out. They're coming out of Exodus. means to come out. Hey, Woodward, I'm Jason from Billy. They're coming out. They're exiting out of Egypt. Now they're in the wilderness. Let's say the angel of the Lord has appeared to their rear, held off Pharaoh's army because that thing that you come out of is going to try to pursue you. And they go across the river, right? And the Egyptians come through and, you know, scientists and other people in the world will tell you that they were drowned by a foot of water. That's still a miracle then, but it wasn't a foot of water. Because the Bible says that the river was at its high level. So the Egyptians were drowned. So here's the Israelites. They've crossed over. What about when you get delivered of something? What about when you come out of something? Just because you came out doesn't mean that you're coming into freedom. Well, pastor, I gave my life to Jesus 35 years ago. I walked the aisle at the church and said, I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But they're still living in bondage. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm not preaching this against anybody or to anybody but myself. Because I didn't know that there was a place, another level of freedom. So if I just got delivered out of something, then all of a sudden I realized that I'm walking around in the wilderness. And you did too. You gave your life to Jesus Christ whenever that was. And then you were like, I didn't know what to do with it. I don't know how to do this thing. I mean, you know, what is what's going on in here? So I, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I threw my, I drove down the street in, in uh, Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, rolled my window down, threw my drugs out. And I was good for a while. And all of a sudden, the next week, I ran into the guy that I bought my drugs from. 
And he had some amazing that. And I said, no, man, I'm trying to change my life. And I came around here and I looked back and guess it was behind me. And I said, no, I'm just, I'm trying to change my life, but yeah, it'll be all right. What you got? So I quit buying and supplying, and then all of a sudden, you, I, I went around. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to operate in this freedom that I had. I didn't know. I didn't have anybody to teach me. I didn't have anybody to train me. I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. And I was back doing what I was doing. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm not perfect. But I realized when I began to look at this principle in the word of God. And I realized that the Israelites had been in bondage for 430 years. And all of a sudden they had to learn a new way to live. Right? So here's, here's Moses. He brings them out, right? Gets them crossed over. And he's got all these things. And I, I listed a few. There was, there was a, I'm telling you, it was a chaos, do I strike the rock? Do I speak to the rock? All these people here, they want to move in their own direction. They got their own ideas. They, they, you know what I mean? They, they aren't following. They aren't doing this. It was a chaos. God begins to give Moses a blueprint. But how many of you know food was different? Oh, they loved the leeks and the lentils and the, oh, it was stir fry. It was really good stir fry stuff. I, I worked for 16 hours. My hands were swollen. I had blood cuts. But man, when those leeks were, had a little garlic salt on there and they were sauteed in there. Oh, I was so hungry. And then all of a sudden, manna shows up every day. And then they start complaining. Oh, come on, somebody. When are we going to get some meat? Oh, God gave him some meat. Y'all remember that? It's like, that's enough. Stop the meat. <laughs> it didn't have to be Arby's. Where's the beef? I'm telling you, the, the, the manna was coming. Actually, it would have been chicken or something foul, but it, would, it, it, kept, it kept filling up. Are you with me? And they got so much, it was like, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. They had to learn how to eat differently. Come on, somebody. They had to learn God in a different way. What about the Sabbath? Now, all of a sudden, they were able to celebrate the Sabbath. They had to learn about holiness. It sound like you had to learn about righteousness. They had to learn how to fight that they had not ever done before. They had to learn how to war. They had to learn how to pray. They had to learn how to receive the spirit of the living God they, they, they had to learn how to trust God in a new way. They, they didn't know what they should do and didn't know what they shouldn't do. They had to learn what was good. They had to learn what was bad. And they had to learn all these different things. And they're in the wilderness and they're continuing to, 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 to go around. And they're continuing to go around the mountain. And they're going around and they're learning all these different things. And a lot of times somebody will get a relationship with Christ. And we think they ought to be. Don't they know? No, they don't. They have no idea. They're babies. They're supposed to be on the breast and they're not. You're trying to give them some table food. I'm telling you. 
A six-month-old is not going to use a porterhouse steak. But we expect things that way, don't we? So if we're going to have a, a level of freedom, if we're going to get to a place of a level of freedom, we've got to understand that, number one, you've got to be delivered out of Egypt. Number two, you've got to learn the ways of God in the wilderness. And guess what? Each and every one of us are learning the ways of God. I am still learning the ways of God. And it was, I was 20 years old when I gave my, my heart to Jesus. I was 24, I say, when I gave him my life. Come on, somebody. There was a difference in that my relationship went to another level. And in this new era, in this new time, it's time for your relationship with him to go to another level. It's time for you to seek him in a new way. It's time for you to find him. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. And knock and the door shall be opened. Ask and it shall be given. I mean, come on somebody. So they had to learn this whole new way. So when you go back, don't don't get caught up in that because all of a sudden they had to go from 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 Exodus to Leviticus and oh boy you can get really bogged down in Leviticus when you get in there understanding and reading from a, a standpoint of of just the legalistic laws and everything that's taken place itself there Leviticus can be a difficult difficult place to get to but as they went around and Moses began to start teaching about the laws and about all those different things that were there, and that's, you know, part of Leviticus and what that actually is, then we, we see numbers, and, 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 and you can go through numbers, and you can read it, and you can do Deuteronomy, and you can read it, but all of a sudden we come to a place in our freedom where they got delivered out of Egypt, and then they wandered around trying to figure out who God was to Israel and the chosen nation that they were, and all of a sudden we come to Joshua. Say Joshua. Next week I want to talk a little bit more about Joshua, but I want to come to that place where I want to give you the third point, and then we're going to worship the Lord. Your Egypt is the past. It's not the future. A lot of us are still in the wandering stage. Some of you have heard and read the scripture and you've heard some different things. But aren't you tired of wandering? And we're talking about a time we're in this season of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're at a place where it's like, are we going to really, are we really, 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 really? My little granddaughter says, really, Papa, really, really. I'm like, where do you get that from, really? (laughs) Really. If we're really going to enter into a new place, if it's going to really be a new era, then you got to learn how to be free. Then we got to get out. We got to get out of Egypt. Get on out of there. Get on out of there. You don't know there. Some of us have hung out too long. 
that that chapter's closed. That book is over. Stop driving by her house. She has been married for 17 years. Leave her alone. Come on, somebody. Stop looking at him on Facebook. It was 37 years ago that you were in high school together, and you pined after him then. Stop pining after him now. He's got a new life. Get into a new era. Get to a new place. Well, you were drugged, and you were addicted. That was 22 years ago. Step out of where you are. Step out of that Egypt and get into the thing that true freedom that God wants you to be free in well I don't know I made some poor choices last week that was last week that's not today today's a new day today's a new era today's a new time today's a new season today's a new place of development hallelujah I know it's early yet in the morning I guess we got to do praise and worship get y'all moving a little bit but I'm moving now y'all like this Because that's all I've been doing is meditating about a new era, meditating about a new place, meditate about walking in what God has for us. There is more things that he has for us than you want for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you now. He's talking about you now. They went around in the wilderness. They, they went around in the wilderness. They had to learn to trust God. And this is our development stages. We've got to learn to trust God in the middle of what's going on. You might get a diagnosis, and that diagnosis is not good, but you've got to trust him. You may find out that you had a heart attack, and all of a sudden they've got to metaflight you, and you've got to trust him. You may find out that all of a sudden you broke your ankle, and you think your destiny and plan and purpose is over, but you've got to trust him. You may find out that a friend or family member had a difficult season that they were in and God didn't seem to move. But in the middle of that, you got to trust him. We got to trust him. The Israelites learned to trust God in the wilderness and the wilderness brought them to a place where they were ready to cross over into that new place in your life. And you are ready to cross over into that new place. Hallelujah. Man, I'm thinking the praise and worship team might ought to come on up now. Amen? Come on, let's give the Lord a mighty clap, a shout, a praise in this house today. So they're learning in the in the they're learning in the wilderness. They're learning. They're learning. They're learning in the wilderness. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning in the wilderness. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning in the wilderness. A whole generation died because they did not want to learn. Joshua and Caleb said, wait a minute, God said that's ours. God said that. And the rest of them were like, well, you know, there's there's, there's kind of some big folk over there. They're well-armed. They are kind of like, you know, giants in the land. And we're just little grasshopper. I'm just a wee grasshopper. (laughs) I'm just a little grasshopper. I'm a grasshopper, and they look at us like grasshoppers. I don't eat chocolate-covered grasshoppers. Amen? In the wilderness, here's what has to take place that took place in Joshua and Caleb. There was an inner transformation. See, they were out of the familiar and the natural. Now, all of a sudden, they're becoming an inner transformation. Something is happening inside of them. I want something to happen inside you. 
because you can wear a suit, you can wear a coat, you can wear jeans, and that has nothing to do with how saved you are. But there was an inner transformation. The other thing that we have to learn, and in our wilderness here, if you come um, 4,000 years ahead into, into now, is that we've got to understand the spirit realm. Understand the spirit realm. Because we live in the natural, we operate in the natural, but there's a spirit realm that's right here. There's a spirit realm that's closer than what you think that spirit realm is. There's a spirit realm that we've got to operate in that. And the third thing is we've got to inherit our promised land. And if I could look at you, if I could look at us, and I could look at me even as an individual, I'm, 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 I'm delivered from some things. I'm not going back. There is no bridge to cross back on that thing. I lit it on fire. It was like Elijah that Elijah, that, see, Elijah said, you better just take that oxen and pour it on there and burn it and go on. So Elijah told Elisha to follow him, and then boom, he was like, I'm going back, and I am burning. And that was a representation of past. Some of y'all just need to set fire to your past. The third thing, if we're truly going to begin to experience, is inherit the promised land. Listen, many of you have heard me talk a little bit about it before the inheritance of Jesus and that's the promised land it's the kingdom it's everything in the kingdom it's everything Jesus died for I don't have to wait to inherit the promises of God come on somebody I don't have to wait till I get my life lined up and everything looks so good that now all of a sudden I think I can enter in. No, I enter in now in my mess. I enter in now in where I'm at. I enter in now and I say, God, I'm just here and I'm ready to enter in to that promised land. I'm getting out of Egypt. I'm learning your ways. I'm beginning to walk in. I'm at the edge. I'm ready to cross over. Moses couldn't take them in, but Joshua could take them in. Come on, somebody. And I'm here to declare to you that we're at a new place in a new era in a new day and joshua has arrived to be able to bring you to the place where you can begin to walk into that where you can step into that where you can have faith instead of fear where you doubt no longer is going to rule you and you're not going to have to lay in bed for two or three days because you're depressed you don't want to get up you're all of a sudden going to rise up and you're going to say hey hey jesus died for me and that was my inheritance and i'm going to operate Operate in that. I want the promises of Abraham. It's wrapped up in the inheritance of Jesus. Somebody give him some praise in this house. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. Because, Richard, I'm going to have you guys move this right here. Because here's what I want to do for you guys this morning. We're ready to enter in. We've walked through the door. We've praised. We worship. We're going to continue to do that. That's everything that we're going to continue to do. 
but I'm not going to sit here and have church as normal and go through the motions and be on the gerbil wheel. In fact, just the opposite. There's issues in our lives, and I don't care what you came dressed in. I don't care what you're looking like. There's issues in your lives today, and it's time for us to get out of Egypt. It's time for us all together, corporately. We've got different levels of people that are learning the things of God, that are learning His ways, that are applying the principles, and it's time. Many of you are at the edge, and you're determining, trying to say, do I step in and inherit that which is promised to me? Do I go ahead and get out of the boat? Do I walk on the water? Do I go ahead and step in? And I'm here to tell you, it's time. It's time for the Joshua's to arise. It's time for the Caleb's to come on up. It's time for us as a church body to begin to start stepping in to what God has for us. Hallelujah. 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 We're going to turn the worship team, we're going to turn them loose, all right? Y'all been sitting, you're rested, you're relaxed. Now let's get some exercise and let's praise the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. He is the one who is able. Go ahead. He is the one who is able to change our situations along. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord this morning.
his name up. We lift your name up, Lord. God, we just give you glory. We thank you, Jesus. Your presence is amazing, Jesus. Come on, we are his. We belong to him.
Thank you, Jesus. We belong to him. And right now, just in this moment, you know, we worship the Lord with our voices, but we also worship the Lord with our giving. So I believe this is a time right now just to worship the Lord with your giving as we're worshiping him with our voice. We're saying we belong to you, Jesus. And there's something about parting with something that is important to you, and that's your finances, that you say we belong to you. We belong to you, Jesus. You are our Lord and our Savior. And we thank you for what you've done for us. And, and our giving just, it, it attaches ourselves into the king, with the kingdom of God. We are, the kingdom lives within us, but this is just part of the giving. I mean, part of the kingdom is releasing your giving. So right now, Lord, I thank you, Father, that as we continue to sing this song, saying that we belong to you, we worship you with our voice, but we worship you now with our giving. And I declare a blessing of increase over this house right now. In Jesus' name, just come and give. Yes, I belong to you forever I belong.
an invitation this morning. I'd like, our, I'd like our ministry teams to come on up up front. The invitation that I'm giving you today is that if you need prayer, I, I'm, if we're going to have the, we're going to have the ministry teams right up here, just come and come to one of them and allow them to pray for you today. What is it? I, we're believing God for some things for you guys. And it's time for you to step into that new era. Maybe there's some things that you're holding on to. Maybe there's things that you need to let go. Maybe you're having trouble doing it by yourself. Then we've got people here that will pray for you. You need strength. You need wisdom. You need revelation. What is it that you need from God this morning? Because Holy Spirit is is moving in a mighty way this morning. So we just want to open up the altar for you to come and just as the worship team plays, just to have prayer this morning.
I, I saw in the spirit somebody that had been carrying so much weight that it was almost like they were broken down. And they had fallen to their knees and they were just like, there's just too much weight for me to carry. And I heard the Lord say that when I sent my son, this was the father, he said, when I sent my son to remove the burdens and destroy the yokes, that those of you that that may fit is to shift that over on Christ. And I began to see Christ walk up to it and begin to take the weight off. Begin to take the weight off. So corporately, I just want to just pray for you right now. Because sometimes we can just let that weight get on us and it weighs us down. And specifically, this was a family member, a friend. It was another human being that was that was causing issues and there were issues in their life and you were carrying that and I heard the Lord say that my burden is light and my yoke is easy so shift that over to him just let him take that right now in the name of Jesus just let him take it let him take it right now in the name of Jesus let him take it let him take that in the name of Jesus I just saw Jesus walk up to it can you see? You can see Jesus walking up to it and just saying, look, this, let me, let me take this. Let me carry this. Let me carry this. It was almost like on the way that Jesus was on the way to the cross that the man came and carried, helped carry the weight of the cross for Christ. Christ is now helping, actually taking that Wait for you. So just release that. Release that today. Release that today in Jesus' name. What other things do you need prayer for? Prayer is not a sign of weakness. Prayer is a sign of strength. Prayer is not a sign of weakness. Prayer is a sign of strength. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here and you might say, you know what, I, I, I know of him, but pray for me to just have an encounter. And I'm, we've got prayer teams that are available right now. Just come and, and let the Lord minister this morning. Holy Spirit, you are welcome to minister, to set free. You are welcome. Burden is being removed. Yoke is being destroyed. Burden is being removed. Yoke is being destroyed. Even the burden of your past, the burden of your Egypt, the burden of the decisions that you've made in your life. God's wanting to heal this morning. He's healing this morning. Any others, will you come? Will you come? Any others, will you come? Thank you, Lord. 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 I just can't, I can't get away from the picture of Jesus walking up and carrying your burden, just taking it from you. He's just, that's him. That's, that's just what he does. It's like, hey, look, 
You've been carrying this around. Let me have that. You've been carrying this around. Let me have that. You've been carrying your spouse. Let me just have that. You've been carrying your children. Let me have that. You've been carrying about your parents. Let me have that. You've been carrying these things. Just let me have that. Just let him have it. Let him have it. Let him have it. A few more moments of the Lord. A few more moments this morning. Anybody else want prayer? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. heard the voice of the Lord say, probably to me, but maybe to you too, that you were absolutely right, and they were absolutely wrong. Now give it up.
this morning. I was in the prayer room, and uh, the Lord was talking to me there, and he's talking about re- re- rearing warriors. He, he took me to Psalms 138.6.8. The Lord looks upon the lowly, the proud. He knows from afar. We might walk through trouble. God prefer, preserves our lives. He is the one who will take care of our enemies because it's with his right hand that he saves us. This is a promise for you and for me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for you and me. His love endures forever so that his hands are always at work for you. Then he took me to Hebrews 12. Because God does discipline his sons and his daughters. But as he does that, he does that as us own fathers and mothers disciplines our own kids. And Hebrews 12. 12 14 through 15 says we all should live in peace with all men we all should be holy and then the grace of god will come on on us and then we will know we them bitter roots that we had before they will just fall and then there'll be new growth that new era coming forth sprouting through you're going to look different You're going to smell different. You're going to speak different because you have Jesus in your life. That's his promise for you. And God, I know, is not a liar. When Pastor Eric was preaching earlier about our Egypts and coming out of our Egypts, the Lord was showing me, you know, that Egypt is our past. That past does not belong to us no more. So when we are speaking about our Egypts, they're not our Egypts. They're the Lord's because they're the past and they don't belong to us no more. And why hang on to something that's not ours? We need to let him go. So don't even refer to him as my Egypt or our Egypt. It's the Egypt that is holding me back. Let it go because it's your past, and that past does not define you no more. Isn't this great? I know I'm God's favorite. You know why? I'm God's favorite. And this is why I know. Because at the beginning of the year, I stopped working for a living. God was transitioning our family into something different. It's not my thing to quit a job with not having another one in place but for some reason we have peace and God is always there because I know that I'm his favorite because I had options as to what job I would take you see I already had another job lined up that I was going to start a week ago And two days before I started that job, another one came open. 
and our hearts were uneasy about one of the jobs. But it's something that I love to do. And it was going to bless me anyways, but it was going to rip me from my family for a while. And he listens to my wife's heart. Because in two days, I got a new job. I had options in our economy today. I had an option between two jobs. But one job, the one that I took, is not only going to help provide for my family in the now, but my college is getting paid for. And the opportunity for the children that come is open for their tuition be paid for. So I'm his favorite. How about you guys stand to your feet today? It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Say that to your neighbor. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. We got a scripture. Hang on. Let's let's do that. Come on up. I'm going to try to read quick. Uh, kind of a capstone to what Eric was talking about and Mario. Um, it's Hebrews 4. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit and both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Therefore, since we have a high, a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in time of need. You know, that talks about inheritance. We're going to be talking about inheritance in the future, so get ready. <laughs> there, I'm telling you, you need to know there's some things that are there for you to inherit. Amen? And, um, and in the natural and in the spiritual. So let me just pray for you. Just put your hand on your heart today. Father, we are blessed to be in the house of the Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that we're all your favorite. It's not just Mario, but it's all of us. And we're just, we're, we're your favorite, and we thank you for the favor that you've given on our lives. I ask you to continue to do the work that you've begun this morning. I don't want to do it out of religious obligations. I want to do it out of relationship. And I declare that you experience God's grace, his mercy, his goodness in ever-increasing levels. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Give the Lord some praise. Say hello to somebody on the way out or goodbye on the way out. You guys be blessed and go forth in his power and his might today. God bless.